Welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors, where we get personal with chiropractic leaders, mentors, and influential entrepreneurs. And when I say personal, I mean really personal. So personal that the things that they open up in here about, they haven't shared anywhere else. And today I had Dr. Billy Chow from um, Australia. He teaches us at the Australian Chiropractic College and is a huge chiropractic advocate. He um, is also really big on helping nonprofits uh, within chiropractic community that help chiropractic research. His entrepreneurial journey has uh, has been incredible, and he shares that and he's got great insight on morning routines, overcoming self doubt, and even scaling your practice. So you're gonna wanna listen in all the way to the end. I loved talking to Billy about shifting identities and you'll hear and you'll see what I'm talking about. He was kind of saying how us chiropractors have a hard time stepping outside of the box um, of that identity of the chiropractor who serves and um, you know wants to be the chiropractor forever and things like that and how that keeps us limited. It actually reminded me of um, conversations I've had with a few guests on the podcast where when I ask them what their biggest regret is and their biggest regret happens to be not investing more, not learning more about real estate, not doing more things outside of chiropractic or outside of building their practice and ultimately burning out in that box of chiropractic. And I do think it's a really big problem in our profession because I hear stories like that and I hear chiropractors burning out, burning out all the time. I, um, I know a lot of us come out of school and want to build that dream practice and we want to love, serve and give and all of those great things. However, what about the life outside of chiropractic? What happens to all those other identities like being a mom or a dad or a friend or a brother or an investor, an entrepreneur, a traveler, a, an adventure seeker, all those other things that are also you? What happens to those? Sometimes you got to pause and really try to figure out what you want out of life and make sure that your practice integrates that or allows you to have that kind of life. And this is the kind of thing that I teach inside of Elevate Club. Um, We teach about life scripting and creating a vision, not just for your practice, but also for your life. And uh, then, of course, bridging where you are and where you want to go. And it is important to be able to access different identities, especially the identity that's expansive, that is abundant, that is free. And uh, perhaps it's the highest version of you and you have access to that. If you have not joined Elevate Club yet, then you can head over to www.elevate.me and that's spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E and um, join us for training on all of these things, you know, the coaching calls, the mindset trainings, the group text messages, the live phone calls that we have and on abundance, on accessing the identity that serves you the most and a whole bunch of really cool things. Enjoy today's episode with Billy. Listen in as we dive a little bit deeper today and be sure to subscribe, share, like, all those things. And of course, make sure you tune in to follow up episodes. All right. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors. And today I have a very much international chiropractor, entrepreneur, uh, Dr. Billy Chow, and super excited to get to know him today. I love, if you know anything about me, you know I love entrepreneurship, and I, I love nothing more than a chiropractor who heavily focuses on entrepreneurship. So um, Billy loves doing all things with growing businesses, leadership, and effective team culture. He has had over 24 years of experience in starting, growing, and scaling businesses in the healthcare space. He is also uh, coordinates and lectures at the Australian College of Chiropractic, um, where he's helped develop the business units uh, where he teaches chiropractors about fundamentals of business and success. Um, he not only all of that, but he is also a board director for the Australian Chiropractic Association and um, does a whole bunch of really cool things that we're going to get to know today. Well, Billy, thank you so much. Just, I don't know about the time time uh, zones. I don't, is it early for you? What, what time is it? Over? Yeah. Well, well, first of all, thank you very much for that introduction. And you know what? I've been, I've been waiting and like I, I've been, obviously there's been some things going on with our sort of like schedules and everything else, but I've been looking forward to this conversation for such a long time. So thank you very much. Like I'm going to obviously thoroughly enjoy this um currently it is i'm looking at my um my time at six about 6 26 nearly 6 30 in the morning um yeah but that's okay like you know because because uh, i coach a lot of i coach a lot of um uh, u.s clients like i'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning anyway so uh, it's yeah so yeah. i shouldn't feel as bad no no not not at all absolutely and definitely not to speak to nona <laughs> Yeah. Thank you so much. This is what I was going to say. It's like, poor thing. He's woken up at six o'clock in the morning uh, to schedule mm. this call. So thank you. I appreciate it. I know you're super busy. Totally appreciate you being here on uh, Secret Lives of Chiropractors. So you've done a lot uh, in terms of entrepreneurship, creating businesses, scaling businesses inside and outside of chiropractic. So I'm super excited to get to know that piece of things. But also, I want to know what your I want to know about your background. Like, who was Billy when Billy was like five, six, seven? As a child, what were you like? What were the things that you went through as uh, in your childhood or in your family dynamic that sort of prepped you for wanting more out of life or this path that you have taken? Oh wow! Um, I love that question. I guess that the first thing I go back and that was I was I'm I obviously live in Australia that's why I have this accent however I was born in Hong Kong um and so when I was 3 my my parents uh my dad had an opportunity to work overseas and so um he came to Australia and so we immigrated to Australia so um I guess my whole upbringing had been uh very sort of I guess tumultuous in the sense that you know growing up in a different culture in Australia and back then you know, what was it? It was like late 60s, early 70s. Uh, sorry, no, um, sorry, uh, sorry. Um, I was born in 73. So, you know, um, uh, early 70s. Like, it was a difficult time in Australia. Like, you know, I, you know, I was different, obviously. You know, uh, I think that uh, all through primary school, which is like, you know, from like when you go to school, I'm not sure, is it elementary school or I can't remember in America, but, you know, all through my, my first, you know, six years of school, I was the only Asian kid at school. Mm. Um, and so you know, like I had to kind of grow up in that sort of environment. 
uh, where, yeah, there was certainly some bullying and there was certainly a- aspects of I was different. You know, like I, I remember clearly, and this is something that I tell my kids, that that my mum, bless her, you know, she would uh, give me a lunchbox full of Asian food. Uh, and because back then, like, you know, no one had Asian food and I was the only Asian person. So I was obviously bullied and laughed at. Nowadays, 2022, you know, my kids, you know, they're bringing in all different types of food. And it's almost like you get bullied if you're, if you don't have cool food, you know, if you don't have like, you know, like a curry or, you know, if you don't have some sort of like, you know, cool sort of, you know, like, you know, like slow cook lamb or something like that. So that's been very different. But to answer your question back then, what drove me, my, my dad was, uh, was an entrepreneur. He was a businessman and, and that teamed up with the kind of the Asian culture of success and, you know, being chained to my desk to learn my times tables and, um, and learning piano and all that kind of stuff as well. You know, that, you know, as well as my, my dad being very successful drove me to also want to like, he role, oh, he was my role model. And so I wanted to follow in his footsteps. Um, and, and even though that, you know, that they wanted me to be, you know, a doctor or an accountant or a lawyer. And I sort of did sort of go in that direction. Deep in my heart, I always wanted to also be an entrepreneur and I wanted to be a businessman. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was what was one of the driving forces when I was about five or seven. And that kind of obviously grew. And I, and, you know, people that know, know me well and are close to me know that, you know, along the journey, it's, you know, I've always kind of thought, okay, I'd love to be a stockbroker. I'd, I'd, I want to do, I want to do an MBA or I want to, you know, study this kind of stuff. And, and even though chiropractic has led me in a direction where I have, Obviously, had success, and I've you know, and I've loved it, and I still do because I'm you know teaching chiropractors uh, or future chiropractors and coaching chiropractors as well. You know that a lot of what I do is also around just wanting to help people grow um, and be the you know obviously that cliche thing, be their best self, um, and also whatever industry you know we can help them. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's interesting. Well, we have similar like a little bit of a similarity in that obviously I. Mm an immigrant to the US mm. year when I was 16 years old. And I had that drive for different reasons, experiencing poverty, getting bullied, things like that. But like that gave me the drive to mm. want more. And then of course, um, you know, the discipline that comes with the, the being a minority, I think Persians, Asians, like just yeah. the stereotype, but there is a lot of push and like becoming somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and look, just quickly, yeah, like, and I, and I think that obviously, like, you know, like bullying is, 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 you know, no, have zero tolerance for bullying and, like, you know, and obviously racism and everything else. Yeah. However, if I kind of turn backwards and reflect, I think that, you know, that some of that has, you know, like built me to who I am now, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, and not that, like, you know, and this is the thing is I, I don't look back and go, look, I, like, you know, that I, you know, I, I would, I would want that racism and I want, I'd want that bullying again, because obviously I don't. And, um, but there is an element where I think of like, you know, the times were different back then, you yeah. know, like, you know, as I said, like, you know, and, and it, it sort of has strengthened me as a human being and given me a, a thicker skin as well. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, but having said that, you know, it's, it's certainly something that I don't go back and go, oh, you know, like, I think that everyone should be bullied and everyone should, you know, to have some level of racism at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. Thank you for saying that, but I, I do think yeah. the, the breadcrumbs they make sense mm. when you look back, right? It's, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And I agree with you. I've had experiences in which like they've, they've totally made me, they like, they made Mm. me want more out of life. They made me want to do, uh, you know, and at the beginning, when you look at it, when you're young, you're like, I'm going to, in my case, it was like, well, I'll show you, like, you don't think I can do that. Or you think that this way, I'll show you. And then as you evolve as a person, as an entrepreneur, then it becomes more purpose driven and you become less. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think, to, you know, if we're being totally honest, I think that sometimes when I like, when you do have those down days and you do have those things where, you know, those situations that challenge you, that I, you know, like I do sometimes go back and go, you know what? I, I, I've done this before. Like, you know, I've, I've had worse. Um, and so, you know, it's, I think we all, we all work differently. I think that we use our experiences and we, can use them for good and we can use them for you know for bad and and you know like in sometimes we can hold on to them as little little tools little kind of like firecrackers that we go you look in my darkest days you know it it was way worse than it was it is now and i, and I can get through this yeah yeah totally mm. so i'm curious since you started your really like your entrepreneur your love for entrepreneurship w- did you have like a first business that you started when you were really young did you sell stuff <laughs> well, look, I think, I think the statue de- de- declarations and the length of time will probably keep me out of jail. But, um, uh, so back when I was in high school, um, and this is obviously before, like, you know, and this is before, uh, you know, like, um, uh, like, you know, the, the technology we have now, I worked in the library. So I worked in the library and back then remember the, in, uh, like there was the, la- the laminated cards for your library cards. So you'd, you know, you'd get a stack of those laminated things and you'd, you know, and my my dad was uh, was always an early adopter of computers, so he had the latest you know computer. We had we had we had the first Apple Mac, you know, in our neighborhood and all that kind of stuff and printers. And so I I I I sort of stole a whole lot of those laminates from the library, and then I went home and I went on the computer, and I just d- like designed and I grabbed some logos of the local sort of universities and colleges and everything else. And then made fake IDs. Okay. And then I use I use an iron, like a, you know, you're, you're an iron and to iron the actual laminate. So to, to you know, to to rather than I didn't have a machine. Um, and then I sold them for like, I think it was like back then, like $10 or $15. That's yeah. So to 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 my to my fellow students so they could get into nightclubs underage. Um so wow. yeah. So now that now that now that this is actually recorded and public, I'm 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 a bit concerned. But look, you know, it's um, you know, we 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 do what we do when we're young. Yeah, totally. Oh my so God. yeah, so that was my that was my that was my first. I didn't have a lemonade stand. I I like I I didn't mow lawns, um, but I did I did do that. And, and also things like you know I'd, I'd I'd go around and sort of ask you know people if they you know like car wash if they wanted a car washed or that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. But I feel like that's a that's probably one of the smartest business things you could be doing at that age. Like everybody yeah. fake ID. You were like you found. Uh- problem and you found the solution and you sold it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and maybe that was it as well. Like, you know, for, for, so for another student, they work in a library, they just thought, oh, they're just, they're just the, the laminates, the labs for the, the library cards. For me, I was like, this is an opportunity, you know, this is an opportunity to make some money. Yeah. That isn't that the definition of entrepreneurship? <laughs> like right there, textbook definition. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned like uh, struggles and uh, like anytime you, you would go through a struggle, you could look back and be like, well, I've been through worse. What has been from childhood to now even, uh, what's been the biggest 
struggle that you've experienced or the time where you felt really lonely or felt like, you know, you were having a really rough time? When was that? It was, um, I think, like casting my, it's now about 2015, 16, um, I started getting some health issues um, and I was, I, was, I was in practice and, and, and thriving in practice. And, and I was also, you know, on the chiropractic association, a board director and, and, all, and lots of different things. So, um, and also, like, I wouldn't say I was like high profile, but people knew me. Like, you know, like if, if you said, oh, do you know Billy Chow? Like, you know, so, oh yeah, he's a chiropractor, does this and that kind of stuff. So there's that. And I started getting these health issues. And, and what, what I found out was I had an autoimmune situation where like I had this inflammatory autoimmune arthritis. And so my hands and my joints and everything else was just like not working. And I was like feeling horrible. And it was at that time as well, where like I, I had the opportunity to go, look, maybe I could something else. And, um, and I stopped actually practicing and I would say, uh, and I, and I actually, you know, to, to all honesty, I actually went into therapy cause I actually, you know, sought out some therapy cause I, what it was, was that I felt like I was, um, well, first of all, my external validation, because I was always, you know, Billy Chow, the chiropractor, I was always Billy Chow, the, you know, the board director for the car association and, you know, the, the, the chiropractic research and everything else. And, and now I stopped practicing um, I didn't have that external validation and, um, and that was like, and i and for such a long time, I felt like that I was kind of selling out. Like I was thinking, what was, you know, what was Nona thinking or what was, you know, like what, you know, who, like they're now thinking that I'm not practicing. And we, I guess that I'm sure if, if all, if all chiropractors were totally honest, they all probably, many of them like us want to do something else or want to be entrepreneur, but they're also a bit worried about what other people think. And I, and I, and I had that. And that was, and I think that that was one of the times where I was like, oh my gosh. And it wasn't until I sort of did a lot of work and in, and work on the fact that it's actually, I need to validate myself internally, you know, because, you know, I'm not Billy, just a chiropractor. I'm Billy as I have a partner and I, you know, I have kids and I'm, I'm a friend and, you know, I, you know, all that kind of stuff as well. So it's, it's, it, it's, it's sort of one of those things that define me that like, you know, Moving on from that, um, I now knew that look, it, it's it's more than just your profession, and so yeah, like that was, it, it was it was difficult. And I'm sure that lots of uh, lots of um, health professionals and a lot of people that are that are stuck in their profession tend to sort of you know identify as well. I'm you know I'm I'm Billy the lawyer or I'm Billy the accountant, but we're not like we're 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 Billy like, and we we are different things, and we can do different things, and we can succeed in different things. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you said that. I think that there's, and I'm not blaming our profession or the consciousness of what goes on around us, but I do think that we do have this unspoken like guilt trip of, oh, you're no longer going to be a, God forbid, you're going to try yeah. different. Like, God forbid, you're going to do real estate. God forbid, you're going to be a coach in chiropractic. Mm. God forbid, you're going to do something different in business. Yeah, I do find that actually... Li- very limiting for chiropractors because even if you're going to be a chiropractor for life, the number one, and I've been interviewing the most chiro- the most successful chiropractors on here, the number one thing that they'll tell me they regret is that they didn't invest better. Just as an example, mm. they didn't yeah. buy re- more real estate. They didn't, you know, they didn't get into investing or whatever. Well, a lot of what that comes from is because you're so stuck in the identity or the box of the chiropractor. Yeah. Chiropractor always a chiropractor. 
I definitely experienced that struggle of shifting in identity once I sold my practice because everything was so attached to who I was as absolutely absolutely yeah around so yeah and yeah and it's and it's also that thing where that you've served your community for such a long time you have you know you have you know practice members that have been there, you know, multi-generation as well. You know, they, they came when they were young and then they, you know, got married and they got kids and and you've taken care of them. And then when you step away, it's not just the actual, the, the bricks and mortar, the physical business, it's actually the people. And so I think, you know, and then that also, you know, internally like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm leaving them and that's, and that's a hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Yeah. And it's a double-edged sword. I think it's one of those things where, it's great for our profession, I think, as a chiropractor, because it's, you know, like it's not just a business. Mm-hmm. You know, we really do invest, you know, because we are our paradigm, our philosophy, what we do, how we go about doing it is is different. And so I think that it's a double-edged sword, that it, it makes us very, very passionate. Mm-hmm. It provides us and it gives us that strength as a, as, a, as a collective profession that we're very passionate about what we do and we stand up for it. The other, the other side of that sword is that is that it's also the fact that we, you know, that we tend to be so passionate about that, that we forget that that it's still a business, you mm. know, and that um, and that it's okay to be passionate about that, but also to go look. Um, okay, I, I, I want to be, I want to be the world's best barista as well. Or actually, you know, I have, I have a friend um, in in Adelaide where I live, a lovely, lovely uh, chiropractor, Aaron Scott who's a wonderful chiropractor, but he's also a winemaker and he makes great wine, you know? And so, you know, so I think that, that you know, you're right, you know, like for, for many of, our, of us in our profession, we do look back and go, oh, you know, what if we did this? It doesn't mean that we don't still serve. What if we did this? It, you know, life could be a lot different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that the knowing, I talk about this a lot, is like the knowing of what's available to you, like from this identity, if I'm from the identity of a chiropractor, there is there's a path that's available to you and you can make a lateral move or whichever kind of move you want and pick a different kind of identity. And you can be, yeah. like you said, stockbroker, you mentioned stockbroker, you mentioned like, you know, doing something in finance or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and like you, I, I obviously follow you and like, you're doing some retreats and it's like, that's, you know, and you're empowering people. And here's the thing as well. I think that it's like, um, uh, if we if we're truly about service and if we're truly about connecting with people and wanting to improve people's lives, chiropractic is a is one vehicle and a very very amazing vehicle. You know, however, there are lots of vehicles. You know, like there is, you know, you could you can help people in what you do. You know, with you know coaching people to be millionaires, but then also you know for you to actually go on retreats and help people, you know, find their true self and trying to you know like to build that strength of their inner voice and not let that outer voice you know take control. So you know, it's it's the world is definitely a place now, especially now, to be able to really take hold of all those opportunities. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Anna, uh, I love it. Um, now, Billy, what if, what would you say in everything that you have done and what you're talking about? What would you say is your secret sauce? There was like, what are the ingredients that make up Billy's success? Um, one of one of the one person that I've and he's now passed away is Bob Bob Proctor. Um, one of the uh, he was one of the guys that I, I would just always love listening to. You know, like like I downloaded all his stuff, I bought a whole lot of his stuff, and um, and 
uh, what is he? It's the only limits in our life are those. The only limits in our lives are those that we impose on ourselves. That's right. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that is one of the things that, that would be a secret source. And that is that, that once again, it's that external voice, you know, that we constantly listen to the external voices, which tell us that we're not good enough and, oh, it's just imposter syndrome and everything else. But the true limit is our inner self. Mm. It's our inner voice, you know, and, and when you, and when you think about, and when I think about all the times where I've failed, um, you know, I've, I could have, I, you know, like my reaction is I blame externally. I blame, oh, the, you know, that person didn't help me enough or that person, you know, didn't, didn't trust that I could do it or, you know, but realistically it was the fact that I put limits on myself. You know, I, I, you know, if I reflect and, and be totally honest with myself, it was the limits that I placed on myself that stopped me from being successful. So I think that moving forward, you know, the um, understanding and having that, um, you know, that strength of internal um, fortitude to go, look, you know, there is, there are no limits, mm. you know, I can do, you know, the, the possibilities are, are limitless. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Awesome. And, um, do you have, because I would imagine you don't wake up and feel that way and uh, maybe you do. And if you do, I don't want to know how you're doing that, but like you go through the day, possibly like having moments of emp- empowered, you know, feeling empowered, being in that frequency. And then of course, having moments where you're like, Oh, wait a second, I got to help myself back up yeah, what does yeah. your do you have like a morning routine do you, what does your day look like can you anything like well, no no like uh, if without a routine you don't look this good i'm, I'm just joking <laughs> um uh, like i uh, to be honest with you i like i i bless my parents genes and my asian genes that i um that being 49 i can i can still look you know a little bit younger than than a 49 year old um so i don't need a lot of a lot of prep and as i said like i do wake up very early in the morning um and um and so i so here's the thing before you know i i started coaching americans i didn't have to wake up so early so therefore i did have like a routine where i'd wake up and i'd do meditation i'd go for a run or that kind of stuff as well and obviously it's harder to do that and obviously it's, it's not so conducive in the, you know, like, especially in the winter to get up at four o'clock and or do all this. So, so I shift. So I get up, um, I get prepared. So, uh, I, my, I always wake up, um, you know, let the dog out, um, squeeze a, a, a whole lemon into some, into some lukewarm water, have a lemon juice, uh, drink that. And then I jump on my computer, check my emails, and then I start my calls. And then I usually get a break. Uh, like about mid morning, where I then and then I, I then actually stop, and then I go and do some meditation, some journaling, um, and prepare that way. And so, like I, I know that I know that a lot of you know people talk about where well, you have to start your day, you know, with the whole journaling and the meditation and everything else. And just for me, it didn't work because I get up so early. It was just like like I wouldn't ever I wouldn't get any sleep if I got up earlier than that. So I kind of just shifted that part of my life um, a bit later on. Yeah. So. Um, the adaptability of that. I had a guest who talked about um, having a night routine. She doesn't have a morning routine because she gets up and she's got to be with the kids and whatever. And so mm. it's like the best time I could incorporate all the things I want to incorporate that's uninterrupted is at nighttime. I thought that's a great idea. And so now you're saying, hey, really anytime, as long as you can be probably as long as you can be consistent with it. Absolutely. And that is to, and that's that whole thing, putting limits on yourself or, you know, having that possibility. Well, look, I, you know the whole thing with balance as well. It's it's a difficult conversation to have because people go, "Well, you have to have work life balance," and and I and I think that 
yes, there needs to be some balance, but there's but there's never a time I think in my life that I've, that I've never had, I've I've always had some imbalance, and that's okay because I know that you know like at this time I've got to really dig deep and do do, do this, and so therefore, you know I've got to I, I can't you know I I have to go look I'm, I'm not picking up the, the girls you know from hockey or you know I can't go and see you know our son play football or anything else um, because I'm traveling or I'm I'm doing something else, but then I'm out of balance afterwards, meaning that I spend way more time with them, and then the other things just take a bit of a, you know like a back seat you know like and so I think that. I mean, this is only my perspective. I think it's it's being an entrepreneur, being successful in in trying to be successful in all aspects of your life. It's 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 hard to go look. I'm going to be balancing it throughout the whole, you know, every day, all the time, you know. So, um, and if you try and achieve that, I think that no one wins. Um, and I think that that you know that that success comes from the fact that you understand that there are times where. You know, you really need to work hard. You need to really kind of get things going. And then there are times where you go, you know what? I'm not going to check my phone. Like, I don't care, you know, if I have a thousand emails today, you know, I'm going to be present and I'm going to be doing this with my kids. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I agree. I think balance is a total, it's just an illusion. It's, if you have balance, it's an illusion. So I like to think Mm. of it like if I'm with my kids, I'm 100% present with the kids. For me, that's balance. And if I'm doing this, Working on this business, I'm 100% present in, in yeah. that business. But yeah. the way to juggle and balance and yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And it's and this is a, this is funny. I mean, if you if you've ever, I'm sure you have. If you ever go to an Asian restaurant, like if you go to have yum cha or dim sum, or if you go to have, and you see Asian families, mm-hmm. like they'll be eating as a family, and both kids are on their iPads. The dad's on his phone and, the, you know, like, and that's not, that's not Aww. balance, is it? You know, that's not checking in. So, you know, it's, I think that it's one of those things where when you, when you like do it well, like if you're going to do something, do it well, don't do it half-assed. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever, are you into Joe Dispenza? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he, in some of his talks or in his meditations and stuff, he, he calls the present moment, he calls it the generous present moment which mm-hmm. I think is such a beautiful thing because in the moment that you are present, there's just so much uh, available, you know, there's so much to experience in the present. Yeah. And I think we forget, Definitely. we either like end up thinking about the future. That's why we're on our phone or thinking about well, the past. What do we miss out? Oh, there's a lot of FOMO, but I totally yeah. agree with you on the whole balance thing too. Now, um, Billy, if you were to go back in time, could you, do you have any regrets or there's some things that I know most people are like, I don't have any regrets, but are there things knowing what you know now that you would have done differently or you would have felt differently about it? Uh, I've been, I've been asked this a number of times and I, and I always come back to um, like probably when I first graduated from Cairo college um, and I was amongst some really great friends and some great mentors. However, um, I was consumed by that whole keeping up with the Joneses, you know, like it's like I've got to, you know, I've got to, I've got to be this now and I've got to do this. And and I think my only, my, my, no, I wouldn't say my only regret, my biggest regret would be that I, if I could go back in time, I'd tell myself, look, hey, like it's all going to end up okay. Just, mm-hmm. just chill, you know, like it's, um, uh, give it time, you know, don't like, you know, like you don't have to, 
you don't have to do it now in terms of you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be at 300 patients a week, you know, in one month, you know, like, you know, or, you know, and just because, you know, just because so-and-so is doing it doesn't mean. So I think that, and I think that that's also what I, you know, I, I teach and I coach as well. And, and that, that um, it's, once again, it's about you. It's not about others. Like it's, yes, it's great to be in a community. It's great to be in amongst other people that are successful. Mm-hmm. And we use, and we should use other people as ways to go, look, like I, if, you know, Nona can, is, is success, I want to emulate her. But don't have it so much so that you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I feel bad about myself because I'm not where Nona is because also remember that I don't know how much struggle you've gone through and I don't know how, like what you've had to sacrifice and, and how much blood, sweat and tears you've you know had to endure and learn and grow to get to where you are. And so for me to just go, Hey, like, why am not, why am I not there? It doesn't help. And so my, my regret would be if I could go back in time, I just tell myself, look, just slow down. You know, it's, you know, obviously do the work, but you don't have to be there now. Yeah, yeah. The the comparison that kills, and especially in mm. the world, there's so much of that. Yeah. Like Instagram and Facebook and social media. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. All yeah. Right, so let's um, switch a little gear and let's do some rapid uh, fire questions. Yeah. Uh, Billy, do you have a childhood nickname? And if so, what it yes. is? What is it? It's it's Chowy. So obviously my surname's Chow, and it was just—it's easy. I, I, I'm not sure if you know about Australian. So it, Australian culture, what happens is that we shorten everything. Yeah. Like so, you know, like so. However, the Chow isn't shortened, but like you know, like so. Often, what will happen if you're if if you're Douglas and you're you're, you're Dougie, or if you know, um, maybe for you, if you lived in Australia, you'd be just maybe they just call you No, or you know, or N. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's yes, but for me, it's Chowy, and it's actually. You know, my 21 year old son has the nickname Chowie as well. Like, it's just like, you know, so he was called the same nickname as I, I was. Uh, so, yeah, Chowie. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. And, mm. uh, Billy, what kind of car do you drive? I drive a an Audi Q5. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And, uh, what kind of student were you when you were in school? Like an A student, an F student? Okay. So, I was an A student for most of my schooling until high school near the end. Um, I think I rebelled. So, you know, once again, that whole Asian culture, my parents were really strict about I needed to get A's and A pluses and that kind of stuff. And I kind of rebelled. And so I think that with hormones and teenagers and, you know, girls and, you know, like I, I, I ended up not doing as well as I should have to get into college. And so like, I didn't get the, the marks that I wanted to, to get into like, like the, the I, like I wanted to get into like medicine or, you know, like accounting or uh, law because my parents sort of said I needed that. Um, so I didn't get that. And I did, I did a bachelor of science. Um, and then from that, I then went to chiropractic college. I got into chiropractic, but getting into chiropractic, I was passionate about what I did. And so um like I, like I, I was an A student. So I, 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 there were some times where I kind of, you know, had some, you know, maybe had like a, a credit, a C or, you know, but, but for most part, I was actually um, an A student. Yeah. Okay, cool. And hmm. um, Billy, what's the best, what's exciting in your life right now? Like what's coming up what, or what are you working on? And tell people a little bit about what you're into these days. Yeah. How well, you, um, how, also, how yeah, well, you? yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Well, as I said, I, with your with your introduction to me, I'm excited always about helping 
businesses and entrepreneurs grow and scale and expand the business. Um, and so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a black diamond club, um, coach. So obviously with Sean and Lacey, I'm one of their coaches. Um, and so I, I, I actually, I coach a lot of Americans. So it's, you know, it seems kind of weird that I'm an Australian, but I coach a lot of Americans um, and help them. So I'm very passionate about that. Love that. Um, I also, uh, as I said, uh, I work um, as a lecturer and a unit coordinator for the Australian Chiropractic College. And so that's in my own hometown. So I, um, I'm one of the um, people that have actually written the business um, units. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I do. I teach that. I've just recently, um, just yesterday, uh, you know, lectured on marketing and um, and also gave them a test on finances. So they need to know how to report their, you know, do their their profit and loss and their balance sheet and that kind of stuff as well. So that's important. I think that, you know, uh, graduating chiropractors should know how to run successful businesses. I think that's important, whether they become an associate or whether they're their own business, you know, um, outside of the technique and the art and the philosophy, it's important for them to run successful businesses. So I'm passionate about that. And then also, um, you know, I, I work for another business that's, um, that's called, you know, Splice, you know, uh, consultancy where we do, um, you know, high, uh, high level leadership and culture and also, um, business strategy for, for med tech companies and for hospitals and for, um, you know, big DSOs, so big sort of dental organizations as well, that kind of stuff in, in Australia. Um, and so it's, it's, that's less about coaching and about sort of, you know, helping them grow the business. It's more about sort of leadership culture um, and also how to, you know, you know, scale the businesses if they're launching a new med tech, um, you know. So, yes, that's that's what I'm passionate about. But as you say, that the links will be, you know, for for me, if you're you know, interested about Black Diamond Club and uh, my link will be in the, in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'd say you were pretty, because I approached you, we didn't know each other before this phone call and I think I reached out to you on like Facebook or Instagram or something. You're pretty... Billy is, if I may say, pretty approachable. So if you um, want to find him on social media, that's probably a good start too. And we'll put the link in here if you want to book a call with him. I highly, highly yeah. suggest it, as you could see on this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. Um, yeah. And it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's like, and as I said, like it's it's one of those things where I think we you and I have been social media friends for a long time. Um, and I think that we shared the stage at I think it was a a Cairo sushi in Vegas, or I oh, think, or, yeah, mate, we've yeah, I think we may have shared the stage then, um, or maybe Mile High as well. I can't remember. Um, and we've obviously crossed paths, and obviously, you know, with BDC as well. But um, but finally, I, I get to I get to speak to Nona. Like I've always wanted to catch up with you because you're you're very you're interesting and very fascinating with what you've done as well. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, same. That's incredible. Yeah, we've we've been crossing paths like and, and missing each other. I think like over. Yeah. So this was really nice to connect with you and get to know you, and obviously have so much in common. So, um, thank mm. you so much for giving me your time, Billy. Thank you everybody for watching or listening. Um, stay tuned. Go connect with um, Billy in whatever way you can, and stay tuned for the next episode of Secret Lives of Chiropractors. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. 
And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.